You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blissful Living podcast. I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and it is such an honor to be able to bring these shows to you each week with the fabulous guests that come on to share words of wisdom about wellness, wisdom, and well and how we can take the little nuggets of gold that they share with us and incorporate them into our lives immediately and see transformation with the wisdom that is shared immediately. And so, as you know, I'm always a guest on the show that really helps us to really elevate that platform so that we are able to unlock our bliss and step into not only having, but actually really living and embracing and, and being the embodiment of living our dream life. So today's guest is going to share some words of wisdom with us. But before we bring her on, I want to uh, make sure you know, I always do this disclaimer while I take care of business. So for you all listening, if you have not subscribed to the show, as you see, I've got a different crown on today. If you have not subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show so you get advanced notifications of the guests that are going to be appearing on the show and you can get your time in your week set up so that you don't miss the show. Also, you know, I like to take this time to have you all find a place to sit, get something to write with, a pen, a pad, a paper, so that you can capture those nuggets of gold that the guests will be sharing In addition, tell your family to just give you a few moments so you can really spend time for yourself so that you can be the best for them when you're done. And get your beverage, your favorite beverage, where whether it's a glass of water with a little lemon, um, some herbal tea, coffee, whatever it is that you like to indulge in. But take the next half an hour or so to really just be present with us today as we share these words of wisdom from our phenomenal guest, which I'm going to share in a little bit more about her. So while you're doing that, let me take care of some business. First of all, I want to thank our sponsor, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Check them out. There's a new uh, website that they have up and it's really phenomenal. But not only that, they have a lot of information on there to help you elevate the areas of wellness, wisdom and wealth in your life. And if you're looking to make some significant transformations this year, then you definitely want to connect with the people, the folks at Blissful Living for You, because they have some very, very transformative things that you can uh, utilize to help you being the best that you can be for this year. So again, check out Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U. Com. The next sponsor we want to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable Incorporated is a premier telecommunications installation company. They've been in business since the late 80s, and they have a customer base that has been with them for over 25 years. They command the telecom installation arena in the Western region of the United States, 
and they are one of the first women-owned, minority-owned businesses in that arena. So if you're looking to do business with a company that has sustained every economy that we've been through since the late 80s, that provides premier telecommunications installation services around voice data, fiber optic, wireless access points, or anything that you need for your telecommunications to work effectively and efficiently. And if you're looking for a company that services small, medium, and large corporations or businesses, then you definitely want to check out All Day Cable Inc. at alldaycableinc.com. And just to throw something else in there, they are a top 50 women-owned business in Silicon Valley. So that speaks a lot about their credibility. All right. So now you've had time to get some paper, find a spot to get comfortable, your favorite beverage, told the family just to let you chill for a minute. Or if you're driving and you're listening to this, that's even better. But please stay focused on the road because now I'm going to share some information with you about today's guest. Now, today's guest is Dr. Ann Hester. And let me put on my specs so I could really, really give you the scoop. She's a board certified internist with over 25 years of experience for caring for patients. She obtained her medical degree from the University of Tennessee in Memphis. And Dr. Hester is passionate about empowering patients to take control of their health care. Her mission started in medical school when she witnessed a tremendous amount of unnecessary pain and suffering. Over the years, she has written various patient empowerment pieces online and through books. Her latest book is Patient Empowerment 101, and it's more than just a book. It's an adventure. This unique work takes an unprecedented step in helping people think more like doctors do so that they can position themselves right where they belong to be at the center of their healthcare team's mind. And so I'd like to welcome Dr. Ann. It's very nice to meet you and it's great to have you on the show. I'm very passionate about helping people to understand more about how we can improve our lives, in particular in the arena. I'm very blessed to have you, first of all, thank you, because as a registered nurse that is still licensed, but no longer practicing emergency room trauma medicine, and I've been licensed for over 32 years, I've seen some things that we're going to discuss. And I think it's really important for people in the community, women, men, people of color, to really understand the importance of taking a proactive stance when it comes to navigating their health care. And so I just want to jump right in because this is going to be a good topic. I want to ask you first of all, what is the one thing or two things that you see when it comes to patients that they neglect to do when it comes to their health and well-being and interacting with their healthcare team? Well, the first thing I'd say is that when they go to see a doctor, they're typically not prepared and it's not their fault. We go to medical school. You, you went to nursing school. There's no such thing as a patient school. And so we know what we're looking for. The patients, they don't know because they've not been taught. And so one thing I try to do in the book is just to empower them, help them understand what healthcare professionals really want to know. What are the bullet points that they need to hit? How do they prepare in advance? So by the time the doctor walks in their room, 
that are already prepared to give a very concise, powerful, detailed assessment of what's been going on. And that will help their doctor to help them. It will cut down on the need for unnecessary tests and procedures, which can be painful. Some of them can be dangerous. It saves the money. And it's just a complete win-win for the healthcare system. And another thing I would say is people do not keep a copy of their own health records. They drift from doctor to doctor based on which insurance company their employer typically has or if they're paying out of pocket, whichever doctor they choose to see at that time. But their records don't necessarily follow them. And so, for instance, if you have a PPO or you have insurance and you don't need a referral and you say, you know, I want to go see this kind of a doctor. I want to see a gastroenterologist, a stomach doctor. And you don't have any records with you about your last CAT scan or what they saw the last time they evaluated this same problem. The doctor is going to order additional tests and procedures. And if you have that information handy, you can give it to him. That could certainly expedite the care. So I'd say, number one, not being prepared because you were not taught how to be prepared. And number two is not keeping your own copy of personal health records. You mentioned something really interesting. And again, I love the fact that you're saying make sure you all have a copy of your own health care records. But with regards to being prepared for their doctor's visit, I used to tell people your doctor has 15 minutes with you. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at if that, if that, right? As long as they're running on time, exactly. <laughs> and they're looking at your medical history and electronic health record now before they come in. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they know you. If you're not a patient mm-hmm. with chronic illness that are not seeing a doctor all the time, they really don't know you. Like me, I go to my yearly checkup, but I'm really healthy, so they don't really know me because they don't see me mm-hmm. like they do others. When it comes to being prepared specifically, can you give the viewers and listeners a couple of things that they should come to the doctor's office, whether it's questions or information in hand so that they can help the physician be able to better help them navigate and circumvent their health care? I love that you told them to get something to write with because I have a list. Ah, here we go, y'all. Y'all ready? Nuggets of gold right here. Pay attention. This could save you a lot of money. Okay, this, go ahead. This Dr. is serious. So doctors can't just charge whatever they want to charge for your visit. They have to be able to substantiate what they're charging the insurance company. There are eight key elements to the historical part of your uh, evaluation, the history, what brings you there, in other words. And these eight things, they not only are important for the doctor to document for insurance purposes, but also they help the doctor hone down what's likely going on, which means fewer tests and procedures. So based on what's going on, the doctor may not need all eight things, but the more he documents the higher level of care he could charge for. And so This is very important to get. Number one, severity. When you first develop a symptom, start paying attention to the severity. When you go to the doctor's office, don't say it hurts a lot. The doctor doesn't know what that means. I once had a patient who said on a scale of one to 10, his pain was a 10 as he was texting and watching TV. That's not a 10 over 10 pain. No. If you had a baby, that's a 10 over 10 pain. 
if you broke a bone, that's 10 over 10. So use the scale, zero is no pain, 10 is excruciating, and try to explain the, the severity of the symptom. You may say, this is so severe, I can't get out of bed, I can't go to work. Be as specific as possible. Location, for instance, if you have abdominal problems, the abdominal cavity has multiple organs. Saying I have belly pain just makes the doctor ask more questions. Say I have pain in the upper right abdomen, the lower right abdomen, the upper left, the lower left, around my navel. Be specific because when you're specific, then you help the doctor rule out other diagnoses and focus in on the potential things that will cause pain at that particular location. The duration. How long have you endured the problem? You may say, doctor, I've been having this problem off and on for three months. That's a little different from the timing. Doctor, I've had this problem off and on three months. I've endured it for three months. But each time it comes, it lasts for two or three days. So the duration and timing are important. Associated signs and symptoms. What other things have you noticed along with your primary issue. If you have abdominal pain and you notice your stools have been black, that's going to tell the doctor this person may be bleeding internally. Nausea, vomiting, anything else that accompanies the main problem, the associated signs and symptoms, the quality. If you say, I have this sharp burning pain in my chest, that says something a little different than I have this squeezing pressure type of pain. A sharp pain or a burning pain may suggest heartburn to the doctor. A pressure sort of pain may suggest heart problems to the doctor. So be as specific about the quality. Modifying factors. What makes it better? What makes it worse? If you have a headache that gets better within 30 minutes of taking an aspirin, that says a lot. If you take aspirin and Tylenol, and, you know, during the course of the day, it just gets worse and worse. That says something, too. So what makes it better? What makes it worse? And the context, what else is going on? If you say, I have severe pain in my back, that's one thing. If you say, I have severe pain in my back, and by the way, it happened right after I lifted that heavy sofa. The context means a great deal. So those eight factors, severity, location, duration, associated signs and symptoms, quality, modifying factors, timing, and context are very important. So when you develop a symptom, start thinking through these eight things. So when you go to see your doctor, you can give an elevator speech of like a minute or less and help the doctor determine what's going on with you very quickly. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Okay, you guys, you just got a nugget, eight nuggets of gold. And it's very important information that Dr. Ann shared with us because again, it will help facilitate and streamline where the physician actually focuses on when it comes to taking care of you as you present to them in their office. Now, I want to shift it because that say is something that just popped up. What about for our population that have chronic illness? How can they be more prepared? And, and particularly, I'm just going to name a few that are, are pretty prevalent. Diabetes, cardiovascular issues, mm-hmm. uh, such as angina or irregular heart rhythm or a congestive heart failure, something like that. And then respiratory issues or conditions such as asthma, COPD, emphysema, 
or some other condition that affects our respiratory system. And of course, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the digestive stuff, but what about the people that have these chronic conditions? Because what I've seen and discovered and have experienced in my clinical practices with patients is sometimes those that have these chronic conditions seem to be not on top of them for one, which is why they keep having these repeat visits, but two, seem to not be able to explain or understand what is going on with them to help them. They don't even know where to begin to start to make it so that they're not, as we say, always coming through the door. What can you share with those type of people with the chronic healthcare conditions that maybe might just put them on the brink of being more prepared for when they come to their doctor, whether it's a regular checkup or whether they're having an exacerbation of that chronic condition? Okay. First of all, I say, ask the doctor what she wants you to track. If you have high blood pressure, make a blood pressure log, go to the store and buy a blood pressure cup and record your blood pressure at different times during the day and over a period of time. So take a chart in so the doctor can see the blood pressure is typically high first in the morning, low in the evening, could be vice versa. So the doctor can track that. In addition, take the blood pressure cuff with you when you see the doctor because the blood pressure cuff may or may not be accurate. And so if you take your blood pressure cuff to the doctor and the assistant, the medical assistant checks your blood pressure, then you pull out your cuff and check your blood pressure to see how close they are. Because if a medical grade cuff gives you almost the exact same reading as your cuff, feel comfortable that your cuff is accurate and certainly share that with the doctor, that your blood pressure cuff is very similar to his and you pull out your log of blood pressure readings and that can help the doctor determine how to change your medication. If your blood pressure is consistently high in the morning, he may increase an evening dose of a medication or add a morning dose of another medication. So that's important. If you have diabetes, keep a blood sugar log. That's very important. And do it for different times of the day. You don't have to have your blood blood sugar checked before breakfast, before lunch, before dinner, before bedtime every day. But develop a log where you're checking it at different times before meals and before bedtime. And so on one day, you may check it before breakfast, before lunch, the next day before dinner, before lunch, just so you have a chart so your doctor can see a trend that at this time of the day is typically high, it's typically low. That can help the doctor as well. Write notes. If your blood pressure is very high or very low, what did you eat? before that reading? What did you eat the day before? Is your blood pressure sky high because you ate half of a birthday cake the day before? Or is it very low because you really just took your medication, but you didn't eat that much? And so document, be as concise as you can be, because as you mentioned, doctors don't have a tremendous amount of time typically. So when you go into the office, you'll have some information on a sheet of paper that your doctor can glance at and get a world of information. If you have heart problems, for instance, congestive heart failure, the doctor's going to want to know what your weight has been. If you have asthma, you may be able to get a chart, prepare a chart of your peak flow readings, get an asthma action plan. Ask your doctor what you should be documenting and charting at home. 
and do those things. So when you go to the doctor, you can partner in your care, show your doctor what she wants to know to make adjustments in your regimen and also prioritize your concerns. The 15 minutes that you talk about typically includes the time the doctor needs to spend at the computer documenting. The doctor may have three, four, five minutes face-to-face with you. So make sure you get to the point first. What is most important to you? Because if you have five, six, seven things listed and the most important thing is at the bottom, you may run out of time, which means you may have to come back for another visit to address the thing that was really the most important to you. Is there anything else that you can share with the viewers and listeners with regards to those uh, that have chronic health care conditions, how they can be more prepared or better prepared for their physician's visit? Yes. Everybody needs to have her own or his own copy of personal health records, because when you go to see the doctor, there may be things, for instance, if you're seeing a new doctor, the doctor's going to want a lot of information from your old doctor. And unless they are connected some way by electronic health records, that means unless you bring your records in with you, then the doctor is going to be limited and you may end up with extra visits. And so I recommend keeping a copy of your own personal health records. It doesn't have to be extensive as your doctors. You're not going to understand it if it is. One thing that I go through in the book is how to develop your own personal copy of health records. And I have a a sister website I created, patientempowerment101.com. And within the book, there are pages that tell you where to go within that site, the specific URLs where you can actually download all the charts you need to create your own personal health record. That's very helpful. Thank you for sharing that. You guys pick that up. It will make your life so much simpler with regards to managing your health care and communicating with your physician. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think in this day and age, with the short amount of time that physicians have with their patients and the bombardment of more patients being put on physician schedules, a lot of people, one, don't ask the right questions to get the right source of help or right information to help them, two, feel that they're bothering the physician, and three, if they come in and they can't tell anything, that just makes it so much more difficult for the physician to successfully help them manage their health and well-being. So thank you for sharing that as well. Now, what do you think the future of healthcare looks like? And we're going to go a little bit longer because we're two pretty women on the show today. And the universe can't handle <laughs> all this prettiness, you know, with us, with us light-skinned girls. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're radiant and we just, our radius just kind of shocked the internet, I guess. And that's what happens when you get two queens together. But yeah, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ann, can you share, what are your thoughts about the future of healthcare in America? It's concerning and I'll be specific. American Association of Medical Colleges is the organization that administers the medical college admission tests and the medical school applications. They're involved in all of that. All U.S. MD granting medical schools are members. So they have the pulse on where we are with doctors. So they are predicting a shortfall of doctors by 2034, up to 48,000 primary care doctors and 77,000 specialists. And if you consider the underserved who don't use the healthcare system like they should because of the barriers, if the barriers were taken away and they actually were able to access the system like the general population, the deficit could be about 180,000 
doctors short. So the 15 minutes you talked about, by the time you hit 20, 34, if we're short, well bad. over 100,000 doctors, five minutes would be nice. Getting a doctor's appointment would be awesome. And so that's even more important, realizing where we are headed as a nation. I call it a tsunami. We're looking at a catastrophic shortage of physicians. And there's already a shortage. And as time goes by, there's the potential for it to get much, much, much worse. So you may not have that appointment time that you need. When you get it, when you scramble and you get the appointment time, you need to make use of every moment with the doctor. You need to go in prepared. You need to go in prepared to expedite your own diagnosis with fewer tests, fewer procedures, fewer unnecessary prescriptions that are trials because the doctor's not really sure what's going on. And so unfortunately, we do have some very important figures about the healthcare in America, and it's not pretty. You know, that's interesting. I had a friend that was having about diverticulitis. Mm-hmm. It, she had about the year before, and then she had about one year later. And her gastroenterologist, who had performed her colonoscopy, had gave her a clean bill of health before she had her first bout. So he gave her 10 years checkup. Beautiful colon is what he told her. However, after having the bout of diverticulitis the first time, he was concerned because he had said, I just saw you, you had a beautiful colon. And then her having it again, actually 11 months later, was very concerning to him. However, that was, say, in November she can't get an appointment with her GI physician until the end of this month. And so the symptoms have resolved, everything's resolved. When she goes to see him, there's not going to be anything going. But because the system is bombarded and impacted, it's really hard to get appointments. And even now for like something simple as, you know, you might be having a bout of something to try to get a same day appointment like we used to back in the day is is absolutely impossible. You get a same day appointment going to urgent care or exactly. emergency department where the cost could be extremely more pricey. So I think the shortage is already happening. I think we see an abundance of nurses also leaving, retiring out of the profession and absolutely. not as many wanting to go into the profession. Why do you think that's happening with the physicians? Why do you think that there are less people going into the practice of medicine than there was, say, when we were first entering into our medical careers? Well, there are several factors that impact the doctor shortage. A lot of a lot of doctors are aging out. They're getting older. They're aging out. A lot of doctors are just retiring early. There is so much stress associated with being a physician. A lot of doctors are just saying, I just I want to do something else for the, the rest of my career. My father was a doctor. My older brothers are doctors. And I am not going to push my daughter to go into medicine. Back in the day, it was the parents who were physicians, you know, they really encouraged their kids. And now people are like, you need a life. You know, this is stressful. This is hard. I cannot encourage my, my own daughter to go into it. And the doctors, I know a lot of them are not pushing their, their kids to go into it. There's just so much involved in being a doctor. So, and another thing is... Over the next 10 years or so, the population of America, I believe, is supposed to increase maybe 10% or so, but the population over 70 is going to increase far more. And so if you consider the health care needs of a 70-year-old versus a 20-year-old, there's a dramatic gap there. 
And so as the population ages and the healthcare needs are going to increase in general because we have a, a higher percentage of elderly uh, Americans and you don't have enough doctors, that perfect storm, so to speak, is really what we're looking at. And a lot of doctors after COVID and just dealing with a lot of bureaucracy, they're just saying, this is not how I want to spend the rest of my life. To be honest, the profession has changed quite a bit from when I became a nurse in yes. you know, 1990. It's changed quite a bit. And I think it's almost become so restrictive for uh, physicians as well as nurses that the burnout rate is astronomically exponentially faster than it was when I became a nurse. And so unfortunately, it's a sad thing, but it's a state of reality. And that's why we have to have people like you share words of wisdom as to how we moving forward can stay on top of our health and well-being and be prepared and, and understand when the doctor doesn't have that much time, why it's not that they don't want to deal with you or your, your problems or crisis, so to speak. It's just they are limited by the bureaucracy they live in. So in the world of uh, medicine, so very, very interesting. It's funny that, you know, you your dad was a doctor or is a physician, because once you are, you always are. You're a physician and you're not pushing your daughter to do that. It was funny when my, my daughter was, I think, in middle school and she really wanted to be a physician or an attorney. I was pulling a shift. And so I took her and her girlfriend. They were doing a middle school project. I took them. They both want to be doctors. And I took them with me and I had them talk to my ER docs. I had them. I found some GYN docs. I found some cardiovascular docs. I found some anesthesiologists and pediatricians for them to talk to. And, un and, and unequivocally, and even internal medicine physicians, unequivocally, every one of the physicians they talked to told them to choose another career <laughs> because it had gotten so tenuous that it was, they're in it for, to, to win it, so to speak, but they wouldn't, they weren't recommending, you know, that type of career. And so funny, these girls are now 29, getting ready to be 30 years old, mm -hmm. and neither one of them went in medicine. They're both doing really, really well in their careers. But my daughter always says, had I went to medical school, had I decided to become a doctor because she wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon, had mm -hmm. I do that, I'd still be in school, mom. And I'm like, yeah, probably. And she says, and I would get out of school probably making what I'm making now. She's like, I think I actually make more now, but I actually get to keep my money instead of paying off my student loans for medical school. And I'm like, yeah, you made a good career and you made, you made a good choice. But it is really sad that the profession has gotten so regimented. That's not the right word I want to use, but so bureaucratic that uh, it's taking the heart the heartfelt care that we used to get when I was a child or even probably up until I had my first kid is taking that care away and it's just become a machine. And so we lose a little bit of touch with that, but that's true. Such is life. So any last words of wisdom that you would like to share with the listeners out there? First of all, before we get into how they can reach out and get your book and talk to you, any words, last words of wisdom that you would like to share that will help those viewing to have better guidance when they go in to see their doctor, whether it's a regular checkup or once a year checkup 
chronic conditions, bringing the babies or the hubby or whatever, any words of wisdom that you would like to share? I do. And you're probably old enough to remember that old American Express commercial, Don't Leave Home Without It. Yes, girl. Okay. I am. <laughs> That's what I say about your medical records. But realistically, you're not going to take a big medical record with you. On my site, patientempowerment101.com, if you scroll to the bottom, you can download a free mini medical record. And it has your, it's a chart for your medical problems, your allergies, your emergency contact information, all of those things. So just download it, fill it out, keep it in your wallet. If you end up in the ER, all you have to do is pull it out and give it to your doctor and it will give him a wealth of information. And if you have a lot of medications or a lot of medical problems, turn the page over and print it again. So you have the front and the back. But certainly I would recommend that you keep that with you all the time because no matter where you go, a specialist, primary care doctor, the ER, urgent care, having that information that you can pull out and give to a doctor, that is tremendous. And that can go a long way with expediting your care. Thank you so much, Dr. Ann. You're it welcome. was a pleasure having you. I want to really bring you back sometime in the future to continue this dialogue too. because I think it's really important. I didn't even get into the color thing because there is a disparity of care. And it's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just the way it is. But I think the information that we talked about and the information that we shared today is going to help a lot of people moving forward. And so if any of you are watching, please share this show. It's so important. Our health and well-being is our greatest asset. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have health and well-being, you can't enjoy that money. So a lot of people tend to put their value on their wealth, so to speak, but your greatest wealth is your well-being because you can be healthy and well and do whatever you want to. You have a lot of money, but if you're not healthy and well, well, you just have a lot of money. Please share this show with everyone you love and care about and uh, have people, you know, re-listen to the show or listen to the show with you because it's very, very important, particularly if you have people that are middle-aged or older than middle-aged. And I don't know how to, I don't want to say elderly because mm, I'm all- <laughs> But it's very, very important. So I want to thank you, Dr. Ann, for again being a guest on the Blissful Living Podcast. It was amazing to have you. And it's always a pleasure when I get a physician on because then I could talk. I could be in my world, so to speak, and talk and don't get to like, what is she saying? Thank you so much. And thank you for your gift of serving patients, serving our, our patient population, serving us, because it really is a gift that you give as a physician because it does encompass every aspect of your life. And you actually give up your life, so to speak, to become that physician. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for what you do and what you're continuing to do. And I want to thank all of the listeners and viewers. Please, again, subscribe to the show so you get advanced notification of the guest. Share the show with everyone you love and care about, even those you don't like, because everybody needs a little bit of information and nuggets of gold that might just help them become better people as we ebb and flow in this fast, beautiful world that we live in. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living For You at BlissfulLivingForYou.com. That's Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Check them out. They've got wonderful, wonderful freebies to help you really amplify your wellness wisdom and well. And lastly, I want to thank our sponsor, 
All Day Cable Incorporated, the premier telecommunications installation company, women-owned, minority-owned business that covers the Western region of the United States. If you have a need for telecom or network distribution, you want to check them out. They've been in business forever at alldaycableinc.com. And until next time, this is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, signing off. As always, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And now that you have some additional nuggets of gold to help you manage your health and well-being, I expect you to just flow a little bit more gracefully on your path to bliss with regards to your well-being. Goodbye, everybody, and uh, take care for now. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on blissfullivingforyou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.